0: Today is November 11th and this is the 21st episode of the MMA Mike podcast. I'm back. Unfortunately, last week I had a crazy week and I wasn't able to give a preview and uh, breakdown predictions episode for UFC Fight Night Santos versus Teixeira. Little bummed I didn't didn't get around to it, Uh, just some crazy stuff going on and and uh, wasn't able to get to it, but I'll tell you who I had and how the fight went down, and I'll give you the recap. So overall, I'll start actually with the prelims. I'm going to flip it up a little bit this week. Um, overall, very impressed with the prelims. I was able to watch, although I had a crazy week last week. I was able to sit down and watch most of the fights. Um, I was impressed with uh, Trevin Giles and Alexander Romanoff. Uh, Romanoff getting an interesting forearm choke in uh, the first round over Lima. Uh, I did have Romanoff winning that fight, but I wasn't expecting that kind of choke uh, to get it done. Um, Darren Elkins also picked up a win by submission. Uh, Max Griffin won by KO. And uh, Gusto Lopez won by submission. Trevin Giles obviously getting a nice KO over Bevan Lewis. Uh, that was the prelims, and the first fight on the main card in the women's strawweight division, Jan Zakinan, the last name is unbelievable to to pronounce, uh, beat Claudia Gedalia. I did have Jan uh, winning this fight. She's she was thirteen or uh, well, twelve and one coming into this fight, um, and Gedalia you know, has had a little bit of a rocky past couple fights. You know, even though she's won some and lost some. Uh, I just liked Jan's striking, and Gedalia's been striking in most of her fights, and uh, you know, I thought Gedalia was really going to have to work the ground, and she was 2 for 10 on her takedowns, and uh, she did rack in 6 minutes and 46 seconds of control time, but she just got outstriked, and that's kind of how I saw it going. I did think she won the first round, but lost the second two, and Jan picked up the unanimous decision win. Next, you got Gige, uh, Ch- uh Chikatsa beating Jamie Simmons, and I did have Kacha- Chikazze, uh winning. He, I had him winning by decision, but he ended up winning by knockout in the first round. Uh, pretty impressive, you know. He was hitting the body. He was landing body kicks, and uh, you know, right off the bat, he he threw a a, a high leg kick. And he missed, but I was like, "Damn! If he hit, if he lands it, he's gonna put him out." And he he hit a couple body shots with the legs on Simmons, and then threw that high one after he hurt him and put him out. And it was beautiful, beautiful kick. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him in the featherweight division. He's twelve and two, and uh, he looks pretty good. You know, I'd like to see him get tested a little bit, but I like his striking a lot. Next up, you had uh, Ronnie Barcelos versus Khalid Taha, and Barcelos looked phenomenal, put on a beautiful pace. I think he started to slow down towards the last round, and Taha kind of knew he was losing and needed to throw some bombs to try and get him out of there. But, uh, you know, he was 2-4 for four in the takedowns, had some control time of 3 minutes and 15 seconds, uh, and just kind of outstriked Taha. And he looked good. He's 16-1, and one, and um, I think he's a legitimate threat in the bantamweight division, and he's a guy with a gas tank. And a guy with a gas tank with some skills can give people a big problem. Next up, you had Andrei Orlovsky defeating Tanner Bozer. I had Bozer in this fight. Um... You know, I thought he won. I thought the judges gave it to Orlovsky and they shouldn't have. Uh, I thought Orlovsky won the last round, but I thought Bozer did win the first two. It seems like the judges did give Bozer the first round. You know, Orlovsky, I could see how they gave him the last round because he landed one big strike, but overall, I thought Bozer was just kind of outstriking him in the first and second round. I do think Bozer got outstruck in the last round, but bozer you know was staying busy i think he controlled more of the octagon kind of pressed forward more he outlanded the leg strikes completely obviously um head strikes they were actually tied at 16 apiece, and body shots they were tied as well so you know although orlovsky landed maybe the stronger uh strikes to the head and kind of rocked bozer a little bit i thought bozer was the busier controlled more um so I would have gave it to him. I think the judges screwed him a little bit, but overall it wasn't a fantastic uh, performance. You know, I, I think they were both trying to counter each other and you kinda were getting a stalemate, you know. So it happens. Sometimes you're on the wrong side of the decision. You know, Orlovsky's a little bit old. I don't really know what's next for him. He's thirty and nineteen you know, that win wasn't super legitimate, but I think it'll catapult him to too good of an opponent, and he's probably going to get wrecked next. And uh, Tanner Bozer, I think, is going to come back. I think he'll get, you know, another fighter who's not super high name, and, and hopefully he can bounce back well. And in the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division, you had Glover Teixeira winning by submission in round three on Tiago Santos. And, you know, in this fight, I had Tiago Santos and and I had him by KO in the first round. You know, I I knew that he was going to be dangerous in the first couple rounds. But, you know, Glover, Glover really couldn't go in there and strike with him because he was going to get hurt. And when he did get hurt, he knew, okay I got to take this fight to the ground. I got to keep it there. And uh, that's what he did uh, after he got hurt in the first round. In the second round, he went straight to it. And in the third round, he was going to strike a little bit and got rocked and knew he had to go right back to the ground. You know, if Glover Teixeira stood up with Thiago Santos the whole time, Santos would have would have put him out. Um but Teixeira would did, you know, fought the smart fight. And um his ground game is very good. It's very underrated. He's now going to be 32 and 7. Thiago Santos moves down to 21 and 8. You know, I think that Teixeira obviously sp- fought the smart fight. Almost, dangerous, though, because he almost got put out. But, uh, you know, he, he got those four takedowns, controlled the fight on the ground for nine minutes. You know, I, I think he knows that he can't go in there and strike 100% of the time with these phenomenal strikers. And he's got to go in there and do what he's got to do to just get the win. Um, and it, it varies depending on the fighter that he's fighting. Now, Thiago Santos' first fight in a year coming off of bad knee uh injury and he had to have surgery so you know i don't know how how that was and how he was coming back off that i know he's very disappointed in this fight that he just had against glover i do think we'll see him back and i i i'd say he's probably going to come back with knockout with a knockout his power you know even though he was controlled for the whole second half of the first round and the whole second round he still had power in the third round he just needed to compose himself a little bit more maybe tell glover to stand back up and let's let's strike more you know because he did stuff a takedown uh in that third round and you know it kind of worked out for him but work a little bit on the ground and that guy's so dangerous on the feet obviously and if he can stop some more takedowns and, and work on getting back to his feet when he gets taken down he could be one of the dan- most dangerous fighters in that division. Now, what's next for Glover Teixeira? I know he's calling for a title shot, and it does make sense stylistically. Well, not quite stylistically, but it makes sense for the division because who else is there? You know, Jan Blachowicz just beat Dominic Reyes, who was the number one contender, obviously. Glover Teixeira now moves up to the number one spot. Dominic Reyes is going to be at the number two. Uh,. And, you know, now you have a couple... It, it's it's tough because I always thought Tiago Santos deserved the shot, but Teixeira just beat him. So, to me, Teixeira deserves the shot, and there's really no one else. I think anyone else would need to pick up a good win, you know. Uh, for example, Alexander Rakic, uh, he needs to pick up a good win. Uh, Yuri prokacha needs to pick up a good win in order to get to the title. So, the only guy in that division that really deserves a title shot right now is Glover Teixeira. Now, I don't think Glover Teixeira should fight anyone else. I think he should just wait until he gets that shot. But the issue is, is Israel Adesanya going to move up and get that shot before Glover Teixeira? And now I believe Jan Blachowicz isn't going to defend his title until after either, I think March, I think he's having a kid and he's not going to fight until after March. And he wants to wait. So, then, okay, then if they make that fight in March with Israel, then it's going to be a long time before Glover Teixeira gets his title shot. If Jan even wins, I mean, if Israel wins, I bet he goes back down to middleweight to defend that belt, and then we'll go back up to defend the light heavyweight belt. So Glover's in a very tough spot, but here's the thing you know, if Jan does decide to fight Glover, then Israel's going to have to wait a long time because Jan's not going to fight Glover until uh, March or a little bit after that. So then who does Israel fight? Because I know Israel almost wants to fight before the end of the year or early next year, but Robert Whitaker doesn't want to fight until after Christmas. And I'm assuming he wouldn't probably fight until the the February card because he's got to train and stuff afterwards. So a little bit of a tough matchmaking situation i i I, for the ufc you probably hope israel goes up and loses that way Jan still holds on to the title and that way you can make that glover to share a fight right away and israel still has his 185 belt and then he can defend it against robert whitaker it would just have worked out if Jan could have just fought maybe right before the end of the year or the beginning of the, the next year It's a little bit of a tough spot since he's not going to fight for a little while. And it's also a little bit of a tough spot that Robert Whittaker doesn't want to fight until after December, after Christmas. Does Israel fight someone before him? It doesn't really make much sense because Whittaker is 100% the number one contender, without a doubt. Does he let someone else take that shot before him? Maybe, maybe not. Does Israel really not fight anyone? until then I think he wants to fight before 100% so we will see it's a little bit tough now uh, one other thing I'll get into is who could potentially be next for Tiago Santos maybe a Dominic Reyes maybe uh, Alexander Rakic Yuri Prokecha, Anthony Smith I wouldn't say any lower than that but A lot of good matchups for him. A lot of good matchups in these two title areas. 185 and 205. Middleweight, lightweight. Light heavyweight, rather. A lot of interesting things you can do. The way I'd like it to happen is probably Israel move up. See what happens. Then fights Whitaker. And Glover Teixeira, you know what? You just gotta wait, man. Unless you want to fight again, but I wouldn't. I'd... I'd take your shot. You earned it. You may never get it again. You're forty-one years old. And that's that, man. You know? Now I will say the two oh five division, it's got a little bit of an asterisk on it because John uh John Jones is up at heavyweight, and I don't see him moving down, even if Israel wins the two oh five championship. The only way you're getting Israel versus John Jones is if it's at a catch weight or at heavyweight for the strap. But I think Jones is waiting for Stipe versus Francis to happen, which is going to happen later next year in the spring. And we are getting Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis at the end of this month in November, I believe the 26th. So that should be very interesting. And that also adds to the heavyweight division because whoever wins between Stipe and Francis will probably fight Jones. The Curtis Blades and Derrick Lewis winner is probably going to be the number one contender after that. So, it's a little bit interesting there as well. Now, the only other thing I'm going to talk about on this episode is that Dustin Poirier has signed the contract to fight Conor McGregor at UFC 257 in January at the end of the month. Conor has yet to sign, but he's verbally agreed this fight's going to happen. I'm excited to hear that that fight's going to happen. Now, how does the rest of the division go? I'm hearing maybe Tony Ferguson ends up fighting Michael Chandler. That means Gaethje's the odd man out, but none of these fights are going to be for the championship because Dana White has said Khabib's not going to drop the championship. I don't know what's going to be next for Khabib. It might not be for another year, but I think that they're going to make a lot of these matchups, get a definitive number one guy, and maybe put an interim championship on him. Or maybe they'll strip Khabib after a long period of time if they could get him a different fight or something. We will see. We'll see what happens. It's obviously going to depend on who's on the top by the time he's ready to come back. But I'm excited for that McGregor-Poirier fight. It's going to be a good one, and I'm finally happy. There's no more, oh, is it going to happen? It's going to happen, I believe. I I think it's 95% there. Conor's just got to sign, and the UFC's just got to post it, and that's that. And I'm excited. You know, I don't know if I talked about it, but the, the UFC has officially moved Khabib to the number one pound-for-pound pound list. I'm a little... Not knowing how I feel about it, just because I do believe John Jones should probably be up there with just everything that he's done. Uh, I think he's achieved a little bit more than Habib. Uh, and besides his one disqual- disqualification, he's pretty much undefeated as well. So, a little tricky. But, we'll see. You know, I think Jones is going to be around a little bit longer than Habib. I think Habib's only going to fight one more fight and that'll be it so i think john jones will be able to take that and cement his legacy a little bit more and i bet now you know john jones is a number guy, so i do believe he's going to try and get over 30 wins um and keep his only loss to be that disqualification so we will see and he's also moving up to the heavyweight division so he's gonna do that two week last type thing which definitely helps you out on the pound for pound list and the goat status so That was episode 21. We're moving along. I'm back on track. I will definitely see you guys later this week. I'm going to break down Felder versus Dos Santos or, yeah, Rafael Dos Santos. Um, And I'm excited for that fight. I'm a little upset. Islam Makachev dropped out of the fight uh, due to some, I I believe, some health issues. I could be wrong on that, but a little upset i wanted to see how he was going to do especially since he's habib's pupil uh i hear his striking's phenomenal i've never watched him live i've only seen highlights and past fights of his but i would have liked to seen him fight live and uh, against a a seasoned veteran as well but i'm excited that felder is going to step up to this I think it's a great fight for him and it could definitely propel him in this division if he picks up the win as well Uh, I think it's it's definitely a big fight for him and it would put him back on track to fight one of these top contenders so we will see I'm excited this was episode 21 I'll catch you guys later this week thanks for tuning in